Heavy Cardboard, Episode 70, Essen Revisited. Coming to you from springtime in Denver, Colorado, welcome to Heavy Cardboard, where we talk medium and heavy strategy board games, war games, 18xx, and in this episode, a whole lot of interviews. We're your hosts, I'm Edward. And I'm Amanda. Welcome to Catch Up Week, y'all. Yes. So we did 11 playthrough videos between Thursday and Sunday of last week, and that was a lot of fun. It was arguably the most exhausting work that I've ever done for the show, but I had a lot of fun doing it. How about you? Yeah, it was enjoyable. It was a lot of work to, you know, quote unquote, stay on that whole time, but it was a lot of fun. And I honestly really enjoyed just our two player games that we did on Sunday. I oh, like I, that was a lot. Yeah. And 13 days. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Just, you know, just the Eulers playing some games on YouTube. So I mentioned that it was catch up week. Well, I took three days off of work. I took three days of PTO to strictly come or to stay home to be able to work on the show. We had a fairly comprehensive list, I think. Mm -hmm. It was 54-point lists with those three days of work. Got about, I'd say, 40 of the things done that were on that list, and some of which are going to be taken care of here in the next week or so. So... Yeah, it was just something that had to be done. Just a shocking amount of stuff that goes on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. That The easy part of the show is actually doing the show. Doing whether, it, yep. Whether it's this or whether it's the live streams, mm-hmm. it's, it's amazing how much you don't realize there is. And then you're like, oh, yeah, and this. Uh, yeah, oh, right. That. that. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Plus, we moved the studio. We, uh, well, I should say we're in the process of moving the studio for the live streams. The camera that we bought, we bought an XA30 Canon for the live streams. The problem, or not really problem, but the bummer, I guess, is the fact that it's back ordered. We're looking at it probably another week and a half or so until that actually arrives when we actually do the official, hey, let's move the studio thing. Right. We're going to be getting the mics next week, or at least order auditioning and ordering the mics. Things have just gotten pretty crazy at, uh, at HCHQ mm-hmm. with everything going on. So, yeah, that's next week. But we did just order a whole lot of new kit for the recording studio. We ended up getting a new Mackie mixing board. We got four new lavalier mics, so we have a total of six now for the live streams that all of a sudden, they're going to sound a whole lot better. And within the next couple weeks, they're going to look a whole lot better when we get the new camera because then all the other cameras shift down one step as far as what they were doing. Exactly. Everybody gets demoted. (laughs) Yeah, in a good way, though. Yes. Definitely in a good way. So look for that. Uh, If you guys have been enjoying the live streams on our YouTube channel, uh, those are only getting a whole lot better as we go along. Yep. We're happy to announce the new extension for another year of BoardGameTables.com, supporting the show. So we're really, really excited about that. Chad puts out an amazing product, not to mention... You know, great customer service. And I know the uh, Kickstarter, the Duchess, 
has had, you know, bumps like every other Kickstarter has had, but he's doing right by everybody yep. and, and resolving all those issues. So really excited to be partnered up with him for another year. Very much so, yes. As we've mentioned, it's catch-up week. Yes. So we thought it would be cool to go ahead and release a few more of the interviews that I conducted while at Essen and let you guys enjoy them. Plus, honestly, with everything that's been going on, and we just didn't have time. So we didn't want to not put out content. And, I mean... I conducted them. I enjoyed them. Right. I, I think they're pretty good. <laughs> I so. edited them. I enjoyed them while editing them. All right. Then then it's it's up to you all now. Yeah. Uh, also, if you guys have not heard, with this being catch-up week and, and, you know, a lot of changes going down, we transferred over to a new website. Amanda put in countless hours yeah. on the website. I, I helped out on some of it, but it's 95% her. So check it out. Just go to heavycardboard.com, just like you always have been, but you're going to see a whole lot different looking site. Yes. This coming Saturday, so I guess that's tomorrow mm-hmm. when you all hear this, uh, we have uh, we have a surprise live stream we're going to do. So it's April Fool's Day, and we don't want to just be like, oh, hey, surprise. So we thought we'd let you all in on the secret. We're going to play Monopoly. We're going to play Monopoly... The right way, with the real rules, which I'll be honest, I never have ever once. <laughs> no, have you? I, no. I mean, even even in the video game versions of Monopoly, you can choose to either play the correct way or you can use the house rules in the video game portion as well. And I have never not played with you know like all the money goes to free parking or whatever. Sure, and I mean, I'm genuinely looking forward to it because I everyone. I mean, let's face it, all, a lot of us in this hobby bag on Monopoly. Oh, it's terrible. It goes on. I mean, uh, John, actual low, 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 did a video that, uh, you know, why you should never play Monopoly. <laughs> and I'll be honest, never played it correctly. So mm. I'm curious to actually try it. So we're going to be live streaming that starting about 11.15 in the morning, Mountain day, uh, Daylight Time on Saturday, if you all want to check it out. It's going to be... It's going to be interesting, if nothing else. It'll be uh, enlightening, and and I'm curious to see how it goes. We may end up doing a couple more streams throughout the weekend as well. So check that out, youtube.com forward slash heavycardboardvids. Or you can also find the link on our website at heavycardboard.com. You got anything else? Um, no. All right. So we'll catch you all next week. Enjoy the interviews, y'all. See you next week, guys. Bye. Bye. All right, so I'm sitting here with uh, John Bohr, uh, designer and publisher of Winsome Games. John, thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you. So, start at the beginning. Where did your love for trains and train games come from? Like, why, why, why these? I made my first train game back in the early 90s because my girlfriend at the time said I should produce it. And uh, I did. And... Uh, I sold, I don't know, 50 copies or so, and, and then all of a sudden I got uh, all these letters in the mail from Germany, each with a, you know, a $50 bill in it, saying, <laughs> send me this game, and uh, that happened over the summer, so I figured, well, uh, what's going on here? So I did some research and heard about Essen, so I took all the money they sent me, and it's not role-playing, there's no... It's all board gaming. And uh, apparently, 
my game got reviewed in one of their game magazines because they have real game magazines. Right. <laughs> back, back then, the review was in um, uh, DePopple Review. Okay. And uh, that's what got it all going. And that was edited by Matthias Hartle. And uh, then Matthias Hartle took over uh, Spielbox, which is the really big magazine. Mm-hmm. And he's been running that ever since. All right. So that's what got me over here. All right. White, white train games? Look, you like trains, don't you? I, I absolutely I, I do. I like trains. He, he likes trains. Everyone likes trains, okay? <laughs> and also, you know, there's the submission issue. You know, somebody gets sends me a, a game that's not about trains, I can say, no, nah, I'm not making that. Somebody sends me a, a, a you know, a, a card game or something like that that has nothing to do with trains, mm-hmm. but they call it locomotive. I say, no. So I cuts way down on the number of submissions I have to look at. It. Interesting. Way, right. way down. Fair my, enough. My, my, you know, my, my friend uh, Wolfgang Luki over at Cosmos. My friend Wolfgang Luki over at Cosmos. Uh-huh. He's got to look at all these games. He's he's here for the whole weekend. They never let him out of his his little office. He has to look at all this stuff. Then he has to worry about theme, not me. Right. If it's a, not a train game, forget it. Interesting. That's really okay. Fair enough. Um, so, what all goes into playtesting for a winsome game specifically? What what all goes into playtesting? Well, there's development before playtesting. Right. Okay. Oh, all right. So, what all goes into the you development? See, a lot of people think the Germans, for example, think development is writing a nice set of rules for a game that's already done, and then doing nice artwork for it. And of course, none of our games have nice artwork. Uh, the, what we're looking for in a game is something that hasn't been done before. We, the vast majority of our games have new and unique mechanisms. Right. Sometimes we'll reuse those mechanisms if we are making a series of games like Prairie Railroads, Pompous Railroads, and so on. But uh, they all have unique mechanisms. So we're looking for something with unique mechanisms. Once in a while, we'll do a game that doesn't have a unique mechanism, but we have to do it. An example is Dieter Danziger's Union versus Central. That's a two-player, 12-hour train game. Yes. And it's the only company that would ever make it would be us. And since we are here to serve train gamers, we had to make it. Yeah. That, that's awesome. And I'm, great, I'm glad you do. Uh, or I'm glad you did because that is a game that a buddy of mine, uh, Skippin, has a copy of that I am super excited to actually play. Uh, I had some other friends that recently played it and they've gotten into Union versus Central and said it's absolutely amazing. And it's, it's, they the, no no game has more mood. Okay, <laughs> right. And, and if you're just like lightly into train games, you don't want to play that because it's it'll be work for you. But if you like real train games, it's it's as close as you can get to pounding in the stakes with a ballot. That's awesome. So, Winsome, uh, every year you, you put out a handful of Winsome games. Do you feel pressure, I guess, every, uh, every year to be able to produce these games and make sure that they are ready for Essen every year, et cetera, et cetera? Well, because our development cycle of, of you know, turning ideas and mechanisms into games right. is a two- or three-year thing, I don't really feel that much pressure. We've already got next year's essence set pretty much done up okay all right so it, it really what we have to do is we we just beat the daylights out of them 
uh, you know, and for a couple of years, three years, and then then put them out. Once in a while, we'll fast track something if it's uh, short or simple or really innovative, you know, something like that. But right. most of them, most of them, we have to beat the hell out of. Them. <laughs> beat it into submission. We, and we really, we really have to. We do. So speaking of which, uh, this year's uh, this year's Winsome uh, set did not, for the first time in in memory, did not have an Age of Steam map. Oh yeah. That's uh, right. So was it just you've run out of ideas, or is it just you know what I don't mind taking a break from that once in a while? Well, I've done like twenty five of these maps right over about I don't know twenty five years. I guess it is. It's in. Well, actually, more than 25 maps because some years actually had three, three maps in one. Right. And uh, so, and a lot of the uh, all the stuff from the uh, the expansion games were elements that we came up with during development of the original Age of Steam. We had a three-year cycle on that, and when we talk about beating a game to death, we we we. we you know, we really beat the hell out of that game, <laughs> right? But you want to get it right, right? You know? So anyway, we had all these, con- you know, these concepts and stuff of stuff we could throw in and everything, but you know, we didn't do it because we wanted a, 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 the right pacing of the rest. Okay. So we would take these these different ideas and mechanisms and put them in, uh, you know, put them in with another, a map of someplace else. All right. So let me make sure I understand. So you're saying so throughout the development cycle of Age of Steam. What you ended up doing, you had all these ideas that you didn't feel like, for one reason or another, didn't fit with what age, the base Age of Steam was going to be. But you didn't want to throw those ideas away, and oh, those they, became maps. They were great ideas, but we wanted a game that was... The flow of gameplay is important to us. Okay. Okay? And actually, we're of the school of less is more. Okay. And uh, so we, we cut Age of Steam down to pretty much its base minimum. Okay. Right. It's a, you can always throw more stuff into these games, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's a. So we've got we had all these other great uh, mechanisms and stuff like that, and, and it, some of the maps include stuff that we thought of later, but a whole bunch of them came from that. This year I didn't do one because, I, you know, first of all I've run out of countries and places. I don't do the moon or Mars or right. Alpha Centauri. I don't do demons or you know the <laughs> devil or anything like that. I, I pretty much covered the, the right. entire planet, okay? So if somebody really wants an HD map of some place, let me know. I mean, I, I did one on Berlin for uh, for one of the game magazines, Fair Play, German game magazine. I did uh, one on Pittsburgh because, you know, the locals demanded it. Sure. Yeah, but, you know, if you what, you want one of Colorado Springs, I can come up with it if you want it. Oh, please, I would love one to see to see Denver, Colorado Springs, and Commerce City where I live. That'd be, that'd be awesome. So, so you were talking earlier about you beat the hell out of a game and basically until it's ready. So what, define ready. Like, how do you, how do you dictate, okay, I'm done developing and playtesting. This thing's ready to go. What? It, 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 a ton of a ton of plays by my guys. I, I really can't take credit for any of these games by myself because what I have are solid developers in Pittsburgh. I have a crew of guys that have been doing this for years and years with me. And you can see their names in our rules examples. Right, right. Open up Age of Steam and look at the rules examples and there's Pete, <laughs> who, who's a mathematician, uh, Dave, who's a computer scientist, uh, Vince, uh, Rich, uh, you know, all these guys. And they're they're all 
they were, they're all really smart guys, and they all have a different style of play, right? So it's kind of like running it through not one ringer, but like eight, six or eight different ringers. Right, all at the same time because of, the they all have time. their way of, right. of looking at the game. Right. I, Hudson, who's a chemical engineer from Carnegie Mellon like me, I'm an electrical engineer, he, uh, he has to win. That's one thing about Hudson. He has to win, and he's real sharp. He's really good. And if there's a path to victory that's built in, he'll you know, he'll usually sniff it out first. Okay. And so we design games so that Hudson can't win them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. It, 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 so 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 when 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 you when he can't win at games like that, then then you know you're getting close, uh, right? Well, we, we've also got Dave Matheny, who's the editor of Rail Gamer Magazine for okay. years. I don't know how many years he did that, eight or ten. And his his special skills, he, he breaks games. Okay. If there's a way to break it, if you hit a lockup condition, anything like that, yeah. he'll go right for it. So it, you know, it has to pass the Matheny test. And we're talking about 10 or 15 plays with Buffini, just so he warms up to how he's going to break it. Okay, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, it, we've got a rules lawyer in there that he can find any ambiguity in the right, rules, a, a, right? any loophole any he's going to exploit. And, it. Yeah, right. so that you know, and all these guys have special skills, and that I, you know, Winsome isn't me. Winsome is me, and all these other guys. Fair enough. Yeah. So, what keeps you going? You said it yourself. You've been doing this for twenty-five years, however long. So what keeps you going? Why do you, why do why? Every time I get over here, I say, it's my last year doing this damn thing because it's a bear. Because you were telling me when we were uh, emailing back and forth, like, I don't know how long I'm going to keep doing this. I hit hit 60. I started doing this when I was 38. Right. And I'm 60 now. And, you know, people say, oh, it must be so exciting to go to Europe. I've I've flown to Germany 70 times. It's like taking the bus downtown, except it takes 14 hours. Everyone is stressed out. I have to deal with bureaucrats. It's no fun. Right. I just experienced that yesterday. But what I get, I I say that every time I come over. But then for the two hours that it takes to sell out our games, all our customers come up and say, boy, that was great last year. That was marvelous. How are you going to do better? And they keep... You know they're wonderful folks, and they're right. really, they're smart and they're sharp. We don't have any dumb customers. They're all geniuses. If you know, if some people will try it once and it's too much for them. That, that's fine. You know, right? Because uh, we don't we don't really want that many customers. Because we don't want to make a lot of games. Oh, which rolls into the next thing I wanted to bring up. So correct me if I'm wrong, but I this is how I think the subscription service works. Now, I'm a subscriber. I have been for the last two years because, I'll be honest, I didn't know about Winsome Games. I I, I was still fairly new to the hobby. So, you make 160 copies. 80 for Essen and then 80 for subscribers and or is it 80 new subscribers? How does that work? First of all, none of them are subscribers. Okay? The key is if you bought a set at in a prior, previous year, in right. The, in the previous year at Essen, I'll send out an email to you in June saying, this is what you're going to get. It doesn't say that much. It just right. says, and this is what you're going to get. And because they take like two-month vacations, right? So they, they have like two months before I make the public announcement for the... You okay. Know, you know, because they all they almost always come back. Right. And uh, then I, for, if you bought the set through the mail, which doesn't include European rules and isn't numbered, Right, right. You know, I'll send you an email 
maybe three weeks before the public announcement because Americans don't you get two weeks vacation. Right. That, yeah, I can attest to that. Right. So, you know, it, around mid-July, I'll know how many Americans or, you know, male customers are returning. And I look at how many, you know, how many sets they want. And then I see how many uh, sets we're getting from, from, we have to ship over to Essen. Right. And I total those up, right? And they let me carry fewer and fewer, less and less over every time. So. Okay, right. So, it's, uh, you know, I, I look at whatever's left and, you know, then I'll, pu I'll put up the announcement for the mail, you know, for a, a number of games for right. the mail. Uh -huh. And uh, this year, I think it went out in six, six hours and that's you got six hours with the new folks. All right. They, they so, flood in. so is it just the 160 sets? That's that's how many you make, or is it uh, is Some, it more than that? Sometimes it's a bit more, and sometimes a bit less because you have to have components for every game. Sure. And sometimes you get shorter on this, and sometimes you get more on that, right? But and and I know that because I'm I'm pr producing them at the announcement time. Okay. So, so when the Americans, you know, send me their U.S. Postal Money Order. I right. had the game already done and shipping it out. Right, you're right, right. In fact, that happened in my case. So I, I send the money order, and it showed up a few few days later because obviously you have them all ready to yeah, rock. I, right? I don't have them all, but most of them because okay. it takes a lot of space. Right, uh, sure. which is why we ship them out as soon as we get the money orders in. Get them so out. We can, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We can make more, and then they're all gone pretty much by August, which is when we start, you know, cranking up the uh, your the ones. Europe. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so a couple last things. Um, what do you enjoy playing? I know train games, but are there anything in particular? The, the, uh, my group, uh, my guys like some games that we play uh, with different players and different numbers of players. But uh, uh, staples at our meetings are uh, Through the Ages. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, St. Petersburg is a closer. All right. Uh, Merchant of Venus, the old version, not the new. Okay. And... Uh, what else? Uh, once in a while, we play outposts just because oh, yep. Rich Rubin can't add. And every time he tries to add up his numbers, they come out differently. It's a screen. <laughs> and we only do that to him once in a while. And we have a yearly uh, Advanced Civilization eight-player bash that takes all day long. I'll be honest. I All of that is shocking to me. I had no idea. I thought it was all train games all the time. So. Oh, no. It's a, For example, this year's set, I've been playing these games for like... Two, two or three years and, right. and working hard on them, right? It, it, the thing is, you play the same games over and over. You get tired of it. You get sick of them. We're not going to play these games again for months. But we're working on next year's games and the year after that. So, okay, on that note, is there any chance whatsoever that you will let our listeners in on a hint? Just some vagueness, just something for our listeners. It's going to be a train game. <laughs> Or, or about railroads or, right, or something like that. Yeah, that, 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 that that's, that's more than most folks will tell you. All right. Well, there's that. All right. Well, um, thanks, John. I really, this has been one of the highlights of the, of the, I, one of the things I was most excited about coming over here was to be able to sit and talk with you. So I really appreciate you doing this. And I'd love to be able to make it to your convention someday. I, I, you, you have an open invite anytime you want to come. I, I'm, I'm glad your own from Schlatter came over. He did. Uh, and we almost killed yours it's, when uh, he came as well. Uh, he got in a car wreck, uh, 
when when they made it and I I, I was almost the guy that killed Splatter. Yeah. So I'm glad that didn't happen. But yeah, I would love to have you at HeavyCon. That'd be fantastic. Uh, I, 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 after this thing, I don't want to go traveling for a year. To tell you <laughs> but uh, if, if I could, you know, it, I appreciate the invitation and I'll see if I can't get, you know, get get on over there sometime. Cool. Some awesome. Well, thanks a lot, John. You're very welcome. All right. This episode is brought to you by BoardGameTables.com. If you're in the market for a beautiful, hand-built, custom board game table that is sure to become the centerpiece of your game room, go check them out over at BoardGameTables.com and tell them Heavy Cardboard sent you. All right, so this is Edward from Heavy Cardboard, and I'm here with Tony Boydell of Surprise Stare Games. So we're at Essen. Indeed. Good morning, Edward. How are you doing? Uh, spastic, I think, is a good way to describe how I'm being today. It's it's overwhelming. Uh, yes. I knew it would be, but uh, I'm having a blast. So here we are Thursday morning. It's what? Let's see. Coming up on 11 o'clock. And so far, how has it been for you? I mean, Spiel's only been open for an hour, but still, yeah. how, how's it? Well, it's it's been exciting. The stand is nice and busy. Um, we're running out of space because um, everyone runs around on their way in to buy stuff. Right. Because we're all a bunch of geeks. We love, we love collecting all the promos and the hard-to-get expansions, all that kind of stuff. So the stand is filling up with that. But luckily, the guilds of London are going out equally quickly. So it's going to be good for us. There's been... So guilds of London, huge success so far, right? Yeah, it's been absolutely fantastic and such a contrast to how we were feeling last year when we were kind of expecting it to be at Essen and then it wasn't. So this year, we're, we've had two, three major shows where Guilds has appeared. So you've had UK Games Expo, Gen Con, and Origins. Now we're launching the sort of European side of it with, with Spiel. We've got our few hundred copies uh, for that. But we're on a second printing already, and there's five new language versions coming out at the end wow. of the year. So yes, this is, this is the biggest project that I've ever been involved in for one of my games. It's absolutely... It's, surpasses even the wonderful time I had with Snowdonia. So, okay, so let, let, let's go with that. Regarding uh, the success, how how has it felt? You know, just, wow, look at what my game is doing. How is that? Yeah. As the, not so much the publishing side, but as, as the designer and... Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like seeing your child grow up and, and achieve. And you sit there in the in a fourth row back at the presentation ceremony and you... And you're just really, really proud and pleased, and all the hard work paid off. Um, it seems weird now, it, a game to take as long as it did, like Guilds of London, it took 10 years from, from initial idea to actually being out. And that seems daft nowadays, because so many games are coming out, and they're coming out so quickly. And a lot of them are really good quality as well. I mean, it's, it's absolutely astonishing. But I don't have a massive playtest network, so things are slow slow burners because it's that's how long it takes to get them through the process you know all right so uh, on that note let me ask you why do you why do you design games to begin with though like what what inspires you to design games it's um i don't know it's, it, it's an odd thing to, to to think about really it's just something i do it's I, I love games i started with role-playing games and then i moved into sort of the more traditional games that you get in the 80s and 90s so i was into diplomacy and risk and blood royale and, sure and uh, or Blood Bowl and all those original sort of games, mainly the sort of uh, the Games Workshop stuff. Um, um, it just seemed a natural extension, really. I, I, I noodled around with a couple of card game ideas and really enjoyed the process. And what came out of it was quite, quite enjoyable. And then I started playing more board games. And the more board games that you play, the more interested I got into it. And 
And for some people I know, they play lots of heavy games, you know, the games that you guys they play, uh, 18xx and Arcry. I've heard and, of that, right. Yeah, those sure. kind of games. <laughs> and they have no interest in actually designing a game. But for me, it just took my creative impulse, really. It just caught me and said, well, you know, you love these games, why not have a go at doing some of these? Very cool. Um, so what sparks your creativity? Where do you come up with your designs? Now, obviously, Snowdonia is kind of near and dear to your heart as far as location-wise, yeah. right? Yeah, it's, it's theme. Theme is what gets me. Yes. If I read an article that captures my attention or maybe a movie that I, I really love, I, I, I now start thinking about, what, could that be a game? Snowdonia came out of a comedy conversation we had about 2005, I think it was. It was a spiel and we were talking about railway games and that was a particularly big year for railway games. There were quite a lot of them coming out and Warfrog were doing um, Age of Steam, Age of Steam and all right. that kind of stuff. Yep. And, uh, and we sort of said, well, we would do a railway game, but we wouldn't do it the way that everyone else does. So we wouldn't have multiple routes and pick up and deliver. We'd actually have you build in the railway. And somebody said, give me an example. And the only thing I could think of was Mount Snowden's railway, because I went up the railway when I was about five years old, and that's the only thing I remember. And when you talk about things like that at Spiel, they stay in the back of your mind. And I got home and thought, well, actually, a railway game about building the railway at Snowden would be really interesting. And that's how that started. And the Guilds of London one came from working in London and walking around the centre of, of, of the city and seeing all these shields, all the livery, all the heraldry around the place and thinking, what's that about? So you go on the internet, you have a look and you go, blimey, there's 108 guilds and they all get together and they vote for the Lord Mayor of London and they have this fantastic palace called the Guild Hall where they all meet and there's a huge parade. And you think that's got to be a game. That's so got to be a game in there somewhere. It's, it's funny because I just got my copy of Guilds of London last month and you mentioned in the rule book that I think it's two of those, three, three of those guilds that actually gave permission to, hey, you can use our, our crest, livery, our, our, yeah. our livery yeah. and the others are just made up. And as an American, that is such a amazing thing to see just the history behind and that it's not just a sign or it's not just a description of what it yeah. is. This is a legitimate big deal. Yeah. It's it's fascinating to me. And I as a as a war gamer and a lover of history, stuff like that fascinates me. So I think that's really awesome that yeah. you were able to design a game around that. Yeah, it's um the guilds were tremendously powerful, as they were in many big cities in the medieval times. And they controlled the trade, they controlled the industry. And if you weren't in the gang, you were left out on your own. And often it was quite punishing, you know quite well enforced if you weren't in the guilds. But they've now become very insular, sort of charitable organizations. They focus purely on fundraising for various charities and the ceremonial stuff is kept alive, but it's, it's, it's simply that now, it's more of a facade. But the history is rich and deep and... Which is something that, again, America's not yeah. that old, so we don't have yeah. that, that that you guys do over in the, over in the UK. That's fascinating. So, lighten it up a little here. Do you enjoy playing your own games? Or do you get tired of them? Like, yeah, let's 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 go play something that isn't a Tony Boydell game. Well, it depends. Uh, normally, after I've been to Spiel and I've spent five days, because you include the setup day as well, sure. demoing and talking about the game, I, I could do with a break. You know, I could really do with a break. Um, but I still love playing Guilds, even though we've had a long journey, and I really love playing Snowdonia uh, because I keep designing new scenarios for it, and I just keep loving playing it. Um, it's, 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 Snowdonia is a game that I've, effectively, I've designed the game that I want to play. So I've looked at all the games I love, particularly games like Le Havre and, and Agricola, and thought, I want a game that does things 
either presentationally or design-wise or mechanically that those guys do. The same sort of feeling, the timing elements. So Sazonia is the game I designed as the game I want to play. So that's, that's why awesome. I continue to play it. Because so. I've talked to other designers who design games they don't want to play. And I don't understand how you do that. I would think, as a designer, hey, I design stuff I want to play. So that makes total sense yeah. to me. I think if you're, if you're using game design as your main career, then you have to take a step back because you've, you've got to earn the money. So you've got to keep projects going. You've got to scout for the new work. You've got to get those commissions. So you can't remain, I guess, too, too attached because the job is finished and you move on to the next project. It's more project management, I suppose. Um, but I don't do it like that. I do it for love. So, okay. you know, I, I get to come to Spiel and be a geek like everybody else. So I'm, <laughs> I'm rushing around getting the, the promo maps and the promo tiles and the cards and everything else like everyone else is, you know? Because that's what I love. I'm a gamer first. I just happen to do design on the side. So, okay, so now Surprise There is your company. Why, as a designer, do you, did you feel compelled to publish as well? And is it, is it a lot to take on? Is it something that, in hindsight, you're glad you did? Or is it something that you would have preferred to, yeah, I am just want to design and let other people publish? Well, we, we produced a card game as our first game. So that was an easy production element for us to, to take on. And we brought that to Essen. We started having meetings. And we found it really difficult to, to take game prototypes to the next step. Because you were always fighting against sort of um, fixed slots. And people were already there. So you know, you, everywhere you went, one of those companies would have a Reiner Knizia game ready for next year or the year after. Right. There are so many more companies now. Um, so we decided to sort of belay the disappointment <laughs> and actually pitch to people who would always say yes, i.e. ourselves. Ourselves, right. So sure, we started sure. small card games, small card games. Um, our first big board game is Confucius, um, which is an excellent work. Which I finally got a copy. Oh, it's an amazing game. The copy that you sent to, yes. uh, Heavy, uh, yeah. to HeavyCon, Yoris from Splatter actually took it back with him. He won that. And uh, he's like, uh, I told him that Tony Boydell was really excited uh, that, hey, we finally got a copy here in the States. And he's like, yeah, and now it's leaving. <laughs> so I finally got another copy for myself. So I'm yeah. excited about that. Well, that was a joint project with another company. And um, we didn't have a good experience with the actual production process. And we decided to go back to doing it ourselves. And then so we went back to doing small print runs. So effectively, we've, we've subsisted on produce a game, sell everything, put the money back into the company to produce the next game. Right. And then it was Snowdonia that really kicked everything off because then we were printing more than we'd ever printed before. And it was a bigger box game than we'd ever printed before. And it, it sort of kicked off from there. It's a do, you, do you enjoy the publishing aspect of it? Or is it more or less, I love the designing part and the publishing is a necessary evil? Um, I, I like to be involved in the publishing. I like to see what you know, the, the proofs and everything else. And so right. with Guilds and Snowdonia, I, I enjoy working with Clemens when he was doing the artwork and you know, proofing all that kind of stuff. But the actual manufacturing, I'm quite happy to let somebody else manage all that. Okay. I don't need the hassle. I got five kids. I don't need any more hassle in my life. You know? Fair enough. <laughs> um, so one, one, last, uh, one last serious question then. Um, what's the most frustrating thing about being a designer or a, a specific thing that when you're designing the game that you have to battle within yourself? What, what? For me, it's, um, it's reaching the point where I think the game is ready. And it's something I didn't do very well early on. I would be sort of design the game, play test it, and go, yeah, that's fine. 
and not sort of take a breather and come back to it and say, let's just check it one more time. And I think now I've, I've learned to take a bit more time with these things. There is no need to bring a game out every year. It's not, you don't need to do that. There's no need to sort of put that pressure on yourself. Um, if it takes 10 years to produce a game, then that's how long it takes. And that's uh, awesome to hear that the game's not going to be rushed. It, it's ready when it's ready. Yeah, I mean, I don't pay my mortgage with my game's money, so... That so helps. That, so that's fine. I don't need to worry about it that way. So, okay. Yeah. All right, so you said you're, you're a geek here and you're excited to be at Spiel. So who are you excited to meet or...? Well, I'm always, always excited to meet up with um, fellow Brit designers. So the Brett Gilberts and the Matt Dunstans and the Chris Marlings, the guys who are up and coming. You know, they've got a few games here with Mayfair and so on. Um, Elysium, of course, from a couple of years ago. Um, I was going to try and get Matt Gertz to sign my uh, Corsica map for Concordia, but he wasn't around this morning. Um, I always try and bump into the guys at Lookout. So, uh, Mr. Clement Franz. And sure. Sort of say hi to him, see how it's going. It's, yeah, I just, I, in fact, tomorrow, what day is it today? It's Thursday. Thursday, Thursday right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm quite excited because on Saturday we're having a little lunchtime meetup. And I normally have a wander around the halls with Cedric Shabusi, the guy who designed Lewis and Clark. Mm -hmm. And this year we've also got Alexander Fister, Andreas Pelican, and Milena from BGG. You know, I, I, you know, I ran into yeah, uh, Tamina. The best, the best blog on BGG. It's just so wonderful. So we're going to meet up with her as well. So we're going to have a nice little sort of little lunch. Nice. Talk about board games and yeah, it's going to be very cool. Cool. All right. Well, um, thanks a lot for doing this. I appreciate thanks. it. And hopefully, uh, hopefully uh, some of those designers or wannabe designers out there, and hopefully this helps them, give them some insight. So thanks a lot, Tony. I appreciate no problem, this. All right, Amanda, you want to tell them how to get in touch with us? Our website is heavycardboard.com. Our email address is contact at heavycardboard.com. We love hearing from y'all, so please don't be shy. Our Twitter is heavycardboard. Facebook is heavycardboard. Our YouTube channel is heavycardboardvids. Our Instagram is heavycardboard. Our Patreon is patreon.com forward slash heavycardboard. Please take a look and give us some support. Our BGG Guild number is 2044. We also have a phone number for y'all to call and leave us voicemails if you want. The number is 720-675-8975. Call us and leave us your thoughts or questions, and hey, they might even be featured on the show unanswered. All right, back on Sunday at Eschen Spiel 2016, out on a glorious day. Finally, we have good weather here. I'm joined with uh, Nuno Santiero, Paulo Soledad of Madeira, among other fame. So thanks yes. for joining me, fellas. Thank, thank you. you for having us. Yes, it's a pleasure. And thank you for bringing the uh, the Portuguese weather with you too, as well. Yes. Yeah, it's kind of expensive, but okay, we could manage this year to, <laughs> to do it. <laughs> But we're taking it back, okay? Uh, that's fine, that's <laughs> tomorrow, fine. Tomorrow. Just, just for today. All right, hey, I'll enjoy it while I can. So how did this come to be? How did you two meet? How did you start designing games together as opposed to individually, etc.? So, uh, Paulo is my brother-in-law. So he married, he's married with my sister, and I hate him for that. That's the, <laughs> so I've heard. <laughs> that's the first part. Uh, we met each other, we played board games, we uh, have, have a gaming group. Uh, we started to organize a convention, Lady Acon, in Portugal. And then... And then we decided there are not enough games in this world, so we decided to create <laughs> our own. Because we, you know, as a player, you as well should have a few ideas sometimes. 
Yeah, but I have no interest in actually designing. It's too much work, and it's 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 not what I would call fun. But yeah, yeah, yes. But rose is fun. It's it's like uh, you know in the blood. So <laughs> we have to do things. It actually started Paulo's mother, so he's not going. He's not going to say this, but uh, Paulo had the idea. The idea. The visit Madeira and uh, yeah. understood this story of the the island was almost like a board game. The periods of the the divisions of the islands, everything was structured like a board game. And he thought about that, and he started to think about creating a game around that. And he, I was lucky enough to be invited in. Uh, I don't know if, if it was my sister that pushed Not it, but, in, <laughs> but it was great. So uh, we started from that, and we in the beginning just like one session a month or something yes, like that yes. as an hobby almost but then it became like an obsession and yeah to finish the game was yeah actually a, an obsession like yeah. a good one yeah. but it was an obsession because we, we wanted to make the perfect game i think everybody wants yeah, to to make the, the, the perfect game you know and we didn't obviously <laughs> that's yeah. why we keep doing them but it was a nice effort so we are happy about it and so that's it. So that's the full story. All right. So so where does Gil fit in all this? Because Gil uh, Gil Deori, he uh, he joined you guys on uh, on Panamax, and how did he fit into this this partnership? So uh, Gil is a Portuguese friend. Gil, Sorry. Gil. Uh, no, no. <laughs> I will not correct the host of the show. Come on, <laughs> don't be like that. He's already giving us the face. For for those that don't know, it's been like this all weekend. It's yeah. The, this is exactly how it's been. It's been phenomenal. So, uh, Gil. Gil. <laughs> Gil. <laughs> no, Gil was our friend. He has a publishing company in Portugal, Mesa World Games. He had a game about the Panama Canal uh, made, and he showed it to us. The game was really family-oriented. It was really easy, let's say, to, to play, yes. more for the Portuguese market. But when we saw that, we saw huge potential to create an economic game. So Gil yes, uh, asked ask for our help. So we developed the game into something more, a little more medium heavy. Uh, and then uh, it became Panamax. Yeah. Okay. The also story about Gil, is, uh, it's kind of a personal story at first because he, 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 was, he was a small publisher, also a game designer. He asked for help so that we can test his games. And we developed a... A personal relation, okay. So we became closer friends, and st uh, working together was, you know, something very, very natural that happened naturally. So, and we think that he is the most important publisher, uh, board game publisher in Portugal. Mesa Board Games. It is the most, the most important thing that probably happened in the Portuguese market in the markets in the last ten years. Probably. How so? Why? Why is that? Because you also have. Arguably, you have what's your game, right? Which is also Portuguese. No, no. What's All your game is a, it's a German company. So fair enough. Ran by Italians, but it's a German. Almost company. there. Almost there. Yeah. <laughs> so, but the thing is, so uh, that's why I'm saying that the Portuguese market changed a bit because um, uh, Jill started to publish new games, new concepts of games, so modern board games and it changed the, the market a bit. So that's why I'm saying that this is probably the most important thing that happened in board games and in, we in kept, Portugal. And uh, we kept in touch, um, and then 
Uh, we now make some games directly for the Portuguese market, like I, I Love Portugal and games that actually, uh, I Love Portugal just arrived to the Portuguese target, the big chain of uh, supermarkets. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But the Portuguese one, so that's a huge accomplishment for Portugal because we are not a nation known for board games or the board game industry, so we're quite happy with working with Gil. <laughs> oh, I will say uh, Portugal though is up and coming. I mean, there's you two, obviously. There's Gil. There's uh, Vitol, obviously. Um, so I'm I'm excited to make it out to Lyricon and and hang out with you guys as well. Yes. We're excited to have you. We, we are, you will be always invited to come. Yes. Just okay. like you guys are to Heavycon. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. So so what's next? I mean, obviously I don't want to undersell Nippon. Obviously, uh, yes. that was the the one that came after Panamax, yes. um, and that was highly successful it for was. you guys as it well. Yes. Um, so, what's next? Because I, I I know it didn't make it this time in time for this year. People yes. are disappointed, but at the same time, good things come to those who wait. It's ready when it's ready, right? Yes, it's ready when it's ready. Yes, we have uh, Brazil. It's being published next year. Uh, we, we all hope so. so. Right. <laughs> it and will be published next year. Yes. So we have Brazil, we have other projects also for the Portuguese markets only. And some of them uh, to the international market, but they are still, you know, top secret. Like, you know. You'll be the first word. to know. <laughs> all right, you heard it. We'll be the first to know. Yes. All right. Yes. You listen have, first have, on every cardboard. We podcast. actually have, have a few projects um, waiting in line for maybe. Not next year, but uh, 2018 for sure. Okay, all right. So maybe uh, uh, just unveiling something like a spin-off of Nippon or something. Like, maybe, probably. Okay. Not sure. All right. Uh, so talking about designing now, is it theme first, mechanic first? What? How's it work? And does one of you always come up with the idea and then uses the other to bounce ideas off of type thing? Or is it a truly a collaboration could come from anywhere? I couldn't think of designing board games uh, alone. It's completely impossible to me to yes. think of board games like that. Because uh, the way we work is like, uh, I say something, Paulo says it's, that's completely wrong, and then he says something, and I say, no, that doesn't make any sense, and then we fight, then we yell, and then we arrive to a point, and, and it's we like... we curse, we curse a lot. Yeah, yeah, not, Portuguese. Not, not, not on podcasts, usually, but we curse a lot, so... I've heard. Oh, wait, no, no. <laughs> no but uh, it's amazing because all, there are no bad ideas, and we are passionate when we talk about them, but what, in the end result is amazing because you bounce ideas uh, off mm -hmm. it's really how it works it's not like i make the theme paulo makes the mechanics nothing yes. like that it's like first usually first the theme comes and then the mechanics are built on it yes. but uh now we have a little more experience so maybe we if we, if we see a mechanic we can uh, think it's, of fit yes. it in the theme uh, in the i'm not going to lie uh, of course uh, in the middle of the process. If it makes okay? sense. Yes, but it has to be organic. Yes, usually it has, mm. yes, we try it to be organic, mm. not a complexity without depth, you know, you should have some density on the decisions, not complexity for complexity's sake. Right. So what kind of games do you guys like to play? Do you enjoy playing your own games after they're done or uh, no more, move on or how's it? I would not lie to you, so we played Madeira once, after once it was published, twice. twice. Yes, it was 
hell of a fun. Yeah. It was really a great game. Honestly, <laughs> a fantastic, you should all buy the game. But, we did uh, win the Golden yeah, Elephant yes, Award uh, 2013. Uh, yes. So Amazing that's the cherry award. on top, yes. Uh, and we had a lot of lots of fun, but it's not. Uh, we I don't play many times the games after they're being published because I know it's like working again. You know, for some reason, <laughs> <laughs> feels a bit like work again. So fair enough. So so what kind of games do you guys like? Well, we like every cardboard game. Yeah. <laughs> well, you you'd know. be no, you'd be surprised because there are designers out there that design games that are not in their wheelhouse, which I think is such a foreign concept. More yes. often than not, I'm learning that designers design the games they want to play. Yes. And then some design because they like money and want to get a paycheck. <laughs> yes. Uh, but uh, but so what, anything in particular? Yes. Uh, I in particular I love like games like Brass, the old Martin Wallace style, uh, Imperial by McCarts, those kinds of games, 18xx. Yes, we, we were talking about this earlier and actually I, I used to have a collection of uh, 300 or so board games. Now I have 150 and we I, I, I think I only play like 50 of them. So always the same. Brass, Imperial, 18XS kind of games, okay? And then the novelties because we need to, yeah. to, to know what's out there as a, a new things, okay? Also for our... Um, it's work and also work. for the, the research. Conversion. Yeah, research. Research, yes. Research, yes. I love playing new designer games because first-time designers always have great ideas. Yeah. Sometimes underdeveloped or something like that, but yes. they're, they're, they're fresh, they're new, yes. and I like to play those kinds of games. And also we played a lot of games because of the Game of the Year award in Portugal, the Spiel Portugal Spiel, Game right, of the Year. Uh, Jogo de Ano, right? Yeah, Jogo de Ano, because we are part of the jury, so you have to play a lot of games uh, from this yes. year to, but we to make the prize. We pretty much like to play everything if in the right context. Yeah. So the right move. The right move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think a lot of us feel that way because obviously on the show it's all about medium heavy 18xx etc yeah. but it doesn't mean we don't like the occasional you know party right, game yeah. or you know something like of ponzi course. scheme or, yeah, or whatever yes, yes, so yes. yeah um so i know you guys have had some meetings while you've been here uh you're designers after <laughs> all um but uh, is there anything here at the fair that either designers, publishers, not work-related, mm -hmm. that just as gamers that you were excited, be it people, games, whatever? Of course. Uh, we told you this before. This was not a setup question, <laughs> but uh, the gathering. I know yeah, this, but okay. Just putting it out there. Uh, the Every Cardboard Game meeting was one of the highlights. Meeting you also was one of yes. on the highlights. I don't know if you guys know this, but this guy is completely passionate about what he does. Yes. He was so nice to us. He was probably one of yeah, the yeah, yeah. best <laughs> person we ever talk about uh, in yeah. the in this kind of industry. Yeah. So that. Was my highlights. Uh, you 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 are making me blush. I appreciate it, but thank you very uh, much. He's blushing. He's yeah. blushing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not just saying this, as you know. No, I know. Thank you. That means a lot. Yeah, it yeah. really does. I share the, the, this opinion with Nunu. Obviously, I think that this was the most incredible meeting we had since I've been visiting Essen, and I'm and I've been visiting visiting Essen for the last I don't know. 10 to 12 years. So 
this is the best compliment I can do to you. And yeah. it's not just, it's not for, you know, it's it's from the heart. I, know, I have no doubt. I have no doubt. It was really, really, really special. Uh, it's nothing to do with the world of Madeira. We, no, we won. Nothing no, no. to do with it. <laughs> I, I, I. <laughs> no, and I really appreciate it, fellas. I'm excited for folks to be able to see it. Mm -hmm. uh, Tiffany, yes. the one tar, she was yeah. uh, kind enough to video record it. So when we get back to the States, we're going to upload it onto the YouTube channel okay. and stuff. So. Yeah, it was amazing. It's uh, we wanted to to recognize uh, an aspect of the hobby that usually gets overlooked when it comes to awards. You know, I know there's the Spiel des Arts, there's Kennerspiel, but even those ignore the type of games that we enjoy. Mm -hmm. There's the Jogo de Ono, which is on par, I would say, as far as uh, heavy game stuff mm -hmm. goes. Um, but yeah, I'm just I I'm. I'm grateful that you guys, it meant as much to you as it did to me. So thank you. It did. Thank you. Did. And this comes from the guys that were in the Deutsche Spiel Prize ceremony yes. the day before. So, <laughs> so it's completely different. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I'll let you get back to it. And uh, thanks again for taking the time. I'm uh, looking forward to, uh, to uh, Brazil next, next year, okay. I assume. And yes. Lady Econ. You'll be there, right? <laughs> I'll make you a deal. You guys pay our flight there this year. We'll be there this year. If not, we'll be there the year following. How's that? <laughs> okay, perfect. All right. Next year, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Nuno, Paulo. Thank you. Uh, thank you. I, I consider you. you guys friends as well as uh, awesome designers. So thanks a lot. Thank, thank you very much. We want to thank the great folks over at Game Surplus for their sponsorship of the show. Fantastic folks, a great reputation, along with an ever-growing, amazing inventory of imported and hard-to-find games. Well, you can see why we're proud to be partnered with Game Surplus. Their tagline, home of great games at great prices. So check them out, gamesurplus.com. And when you do, mention and tell them Heavy Cardboard sent you.